Yeah, let's take a modern day stroll. Whoa, this is the modern day hoe. Last time I checked, we were running the globe. I'm about to go figure four. Two not two time, it's a brick at the door. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I would like to welcome you to yet another episode of the Unpopular Podcast. This is the man, the myth, the legend. Jalen Hunter, and if you do me a favor, please subscribe to the YouTube channel. I'm trying to reach a thousand subscribers, so you know anything will help. But here's where we'll start. Game four told a lot of stories in the NBA Finals. So as as we speak right now, the game game five is tonight. Uh, but as we speak right now, um, the series is tied two two. The series is now going back to Phoenix. But you, uh, the story is. A lot was told in game four. And what I mean to say is you, a, a lot of questions arose and a lot of questions were answered in game four. First and foremost, last episode, I talked about Devin Booker. I talked about did I know if he was – we don't know if he's a superstar yet. Game four was a big pivotal game for him, seeing as though game three he had his worst – I guess pretty much his worst game he's ever had in the playoffs. And – he responded. Devin Booker, again, <sighs> Devin Booker's a superstar. Do I think, I don't, you know what? Mm. It, see, it's tough. It's tough with Devin Booker. But what I will say, and I will give Devin Booker credit, is that he answered all the questions that I had. Devin Booker came back in game four and gave us 42 points, uh, game high. He was going crazy. There was a one. There was one point at the end of the third quarter, the start of the fourth, where he was just hitting everything. Like it, that man was going, doing fadeaways in the paint. Like it was, he was, he was killing. And you know, rightfully so, man. Devin Booker deserved what you know. Devin Booker deserved the the the, the credit that he's getting, and and he played well. However, man, this. Game four has so many storylines. First and foremost, we had a Chris Middleton game. Every single series from the from the first series to Brooklyn to Atlanta, there has been a Devin Booker. I mean, no, a Chris Middleton game. And what is a Chris Middleton game for people that, that ask? We know people people that watch sports and people, of course, that watch the NBA know the talent that Chris Middleton has. Chris Middleton has the talent. In fact, that's why the running joke and, and, of course, the argument goes around between who's Batman, between uh, Giannis and Chris Middleton. I don't subscribe to that conversation. The fact of the matter is you can have that. The fact Chris Middleton has the talent to be a one. We all know this. From from his scoring ability, uh, his defense at times, Chris Middleton has the talent to be a one, has the talent to be a centerpiece of four team in the NBA. The problem with Chris Middleton, and we talk about this damn near every episode at this point, is his inconsistency. One game he'll give you an incredible, have an incredible game. The next game he'll be lost. When he's at home, it seems like he can't miss or at least in the playoffs, he hasn't missed. And outside of a few games away, he's been garbage. So it's like Chris Middleton has the the talent to be a one. He just doesn't have the consistency, which is why I don't – I can't – he has the talent to be a superstar. Just like Paul George has the talent to be a superstar, it's just they're not as consistent as they should be. But what is a Chris Middleton game? A Chris Middleton game, you and it happens every single series. One game where Chris Middleton has the game of his life. 
like is balling out. And it, this in the Chris Middleton game was game four. He finished with 40 points. Bro, Chris Middleton was hitting everything. That man put up damn near. Like, I think he put up like 30 shots, but he was still, he was hitting. And people was like, damn, he put up 30 shots with Giannis. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, Giannis is the best player, and Giannis is the centerpiece, but Giannis is not better offensively than a Chris Middleton. And Chris Middleton did his thing, man. Chris Middleton went crazy. And why it was so big in game four is because you can't lose game four. They were down, the Bucks were down nine points in the fourth quarter. You cannot lose game four because no matter how good Chris Milton can be, no matter how good Giannis is, no matter how good Drew Holiday is, no matter how good Brooke Lopez is, this team is not winning three straight against the, the, the Phoenix Suns, especially when two of those three you would have to play away. It's just not happening. So you had they had to win game three. And I mean game four. And of course, Chris Middleton went crazy. You know, Chris Middleton went crazy. I think it was I know it was one game or two game, two or three games in the Brooklyn series where he put up like 38, 32, 34. And I know there was a big game in the Atlanta series where I think he put up like damn near 40. And it had like 28 thir- third quarter points or something. Like this game told a lot of stories. It's also telling a lot of stories about Chris Paul right now. Now, again, I'll be, look, I'm here to give Chris Paul praise. I will give Chris Paul praise when Chris Paul deserves praise. Hell, I'll give anybody praise, even if it's a captain. People know I'm old. I'm from the Maryland, Washington. Even if it's a, a, a cowboy, whatever. Like, I will give a player a team praise that deserves praise. And for this entire playoffs, I've been giving Chris Paul praise and well deserved. You beat the you beat the Lakers, um, you beat or the Suns beat the Lakers. They beat the Clippers. They beat the 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 Denver Nuggets. Like I give them praise and I give Chris Paul praise when it's when it's deserved. On the flip side to that, I have to be real about Chris Paul. Chris Paul has been god awful. These. He hasn't been good the last three games, but he's been god-awful these last two. The two games that they played in, in, in Milwaukee has been god-awful. In fact, the last three games, he's had 15 turnovers. Now, this is the same Chris Paul that we praise for having an incredible uh, assist-to-turnover ratio. He's a person that give you 45 uh, assists to one turnover. Like He's that type of player. But... What we're what I, I don't what I'm seeing is I feel like his game is deteriorating right before our eyes. Not saying that he's done, but what I'm saying is Chris Paul, his scoring has gone down every game. His assists have gone down every game. His rebounds have gone down every game. However, his turnovers have gone up every game. And I'm going to call a spade a spade. Now, we're going to talk about DeAndre Aiden in a minute, but Chris Paul was a big reason why they lost game three and game four. When you're the point, when you're the main point guard, when you're the main person dribbling the ball up, when you're the main person, uh, you know, orchestrating the offense, you can't have that many turnovers. What, 15 turnovers in the last three games? That's an average of five turnovers a game. Imagine, imagine that all those turnovers turn to threes. That's 15 points. No, that's 15 points. 
Now, I know game three, Devin Booker did play a lot of that because, you know, the off. I mean, his offense was off. But Chris Paul was was a huge reason. And I'm if we're doing like a percentage pie, I'll say that Chris Paul was about 60 to 65 percent was the reason why they lost game four. He just did. Now, they're saying that he may have injury in his shooting hand. I don't know. But he was turning the ball over. Like, he was having bad turnovers. There's a difference between having, like, a, a turnover when you're, you're, you know, when you think you're making a play and you're just not connecting with the, the, the other player. Uh, maybe it's it's a charge when it's supposed to be a, a offensive, I mean, defensive foul. Like, those type of turnovers, understandable. But when you're... The end of the game is tied up. The Bucks just miss. You get the ball. You're dribbling the ball, and you all you do is try to do a cut and switch switch hands with the ball, and you lose the ball. And that that to me was a huge pivotal moment when you're going. I know it was like the first no boom the first few minutes of the game. I think the first I'm say ten minutes of the game. Chris Paul had like three turnovers himself. And it was like, you know, running to the lane, jumping, and then trying to turn and pass. Like, that's not going to work, bro. Especially when you're going up against a long team like the Bucks. And it's, and I told you last, I told you guys last episode, Chris Paul isn't at a point in his career where he can just go give you 30, go give you 40 points a game. Like, he's, yeah, he did it, what? The end of the Clippers series, yeah, he did it um, the first game. I think he had like 34 or whatever in the first game of this playoffs. I mean, first game of the uh, NBA Finals, but it's just been a deterioration. He's The mid-range that he's he patents so much, the mid-range that has gotten him where it's gotten him, he hasn't been hitting that either. And it's like, that's why, and, and I, I tweeted this. I said, I know the series is tied up and anybody can still win, but this this series feels over and it feels over. Now, again, I could be wrong. If I'm wrong, you know, it is what it is. I'll, I'll come in here and say that I was wrong, but it just feels over, man. It feels over because the Suns held the bucks to under 40% shooting the ball. And they shot over 50% in game three, four and still lost the game. Giannis had, what, 29 or 26 or something like that. Chris Middleton had a Chris Middleton game. Drew Holiday went back to being garbage. And they still lost. They were up nine points in the fourth quarter and still lost. Gian, there was a stretch at the end of the game. I think it was the Bucks were up two. Giannis airballed, damn near airballed two free throws, or no, damn near airballed two shots, missed a layup, missed two layups, and the Suns did not score any of those possessions, and it was a two-point game. You got Giannis shooting threes again, missed, all, both. I think he took like three, two or three and missed, missed them all, and you still lose that game. Drew Holiday cannot cannot throw a rock in the ocean if he was standing on a boat. And you lo- you lost the game. Devin Booker had one of his best 
one of his best playoff games he's ever had. Now, I understand that this is his first playoffs. I get that. But he had one of his best playoff games. And you lost. Now, now, I know. I know you're waiting for it. I'm going to talk about it. That that non-call, that look. The non-call at the end of the game with when, when I think Drew Holiday went up and Devin Booker not only hugged the dude, he hugged him and hit his hit his arm and they didn't call foul. That was one of the most egregious. I'm using the uh <laughs> I'm using the Stephen A. Smith word. That was one of the most egregious non-calls I've ever seen. Like, I was like, ooh. The first first and foremost, here's the here's the worst part about it. It's like, why are you doing this, Devin Booker? You already have five fouls. This would have been your sixth. The team needs you. You're the only one really scoring right now. Why are you doing this? And everybody in the world knew that it was a foul, except I guess for the refs. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. But it just it just feels over, man. It feels over because the Bucks did not have this. You know, I understand the Bucks were home, right? But the Bucks didn't have a good game, like. Outside of Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday, no, not ooh. outside of Chris Middleton, Giannis, and Pat Connington, because Pat Connington has some really clutch offensive rebounds and putbacks. Outside of that, no, but PJ Tucker had zero points. PJ Tucker played what twenty nine minutes and had zero points. Drew Holiday again, a Drew Holiday couldn't hit. A sugar packet in a candy factory. And they look, bruh. I understand again, I understand that the Bucks were home, but everything was working in the Suns' favor. You had the best player on the floor at the time, which was Devin Booker. He was playing like lights out. Only well, two players were going off for the Bucks, and that was Drew Holiday. No, not Drew. Why do I keep saying Drew? And that was Chris Middleton and Giannis. And Giannis really, he was having a good game, but he wasn't having, like, the game of games. You know what I'm saying? Chris Middleton was. But you had those two, and you pretty much neutralized everyone else. DeAndre Aiden was not in foul trouble. So, you could, now I understand DeAndre Aiden. DeAndre Aiden slowed down. Let's say, slowed down Giannis. It didn't stop him, but he slowed him down. The Bucks are shooting under 40%, and you're shooting over 50 and you lose that game. That's why I said it feels like it's over, because you the even Monty Williams said at the end of the game, these are mis, these are self-made mistakes. And the Bucks are playing right. You're playing right. The Bucks played exactly how you wanted them to play. Like, if you game-planned how to play the Bucks, Giannis is going to get his. Just put DeAndre Ayton on him. DeAndre Ayton, do not get in foul trouble. Chris Middleton might have a good game. If he does, just neutralize everyone else because we know Chris Middleton, his his shot, uh, you know, make, make Giannis shoot. Like, everything that you plan going into the game is exactly what happened. Yet and still, you lose. And a lot of – they had 17 turnovers. And I think Chris Paul had like five of them Jones, five or six of them Jones. And like I said, I understand, you know, it was just one game and, and short memory and everything, but it just, it just feels like, you know, it, it feels like 
it feels like the Bucks had their worst game they could have had at home. Like the Bucks had their worst game they could have had, and they still won. Now I understand we have to see. It's only again, it's only tied, and you can look at it on two coins. You can look at it like a coin, two sides. One side is. Just like the Suns, the Bucks handled business at home. You know, you you won both games. You're supposed to win both games. Home court advantage. That's what it is. On the other side, like I said, you everything that you wanted the Bucks to do, they did. Like how you game plan is exactly what happened. But you still had a lot of turnovers, and this is the second th- second game in a row they had over I think 15 turnovers. And. You still lost. And you had a lead in the late in the fourth quarter. Nine-point lead with, like, I think six, five or six minutes left. And you lose that game. And Devin Booker is having a Devin Booker game. Now let's talk about Devin Booker for a second. Devin Booker plays a part in this loss as well. There's a couple people to play a part. But Devin Booker, I know you're probably, wait, 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 what? Devin Booker just had 42. Devin Booker, you just said he had, he had a good game. Devin Booker had a great game. But he played some parts in this loss. First and foremost, you have four fouls. You're the only one at this time that's scoring. Like, Cam Johnson, he had, he wasn't hitting at this time. Like, in, in, in this point of the game, late third quarter, early fourth. Actually, late third quarter. Like, you're the only one hitting. So why are you going to hip check P.J. Tucker with four fouls? You're already in a rhythm. You're 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 making it. You're doing what it does. Like you're scoring at will. You have the hot hand. Why are you why are you hip checking PJ Tucker at the bottom of under the basket in like out of bounds? You're hip checking PJ Tucker to get your fifth foul. Now you have to sit out and you get cold. In fact, Devin Booker was cold after that. I think Devin Booker maybe only hit one or two shots after that, maybe three shots. And and it just threw off his rhythm. It threw off the team's rhythm. Like, it, you know, he, he played a major part. I'm not going to say major, but he played a part in losing too. And then... And then let's let's you know you can't you can't do that, bro. You can't do that. You not to mention they should. I don't know why they didn't. Maybe he. I don't know. But there's they should have called that foul on Devin Booker. And if they would have called that foul, the foul that was a clear foul, then Devin Booker would have been fouled out the game with like five minutes left. No, with like maybe three minutes left, two minutes left, one or two, probably like three or two minutes, two or three minutes. With the game, I think they were down. I think they were tied when that. No, they were like down one when that happened, or down two when that happened. So it's like Devin Booker. You have to be smart in those situations. You see that you're the only one scoring. Chris Paul doesn't have it right now. Nobody else has it right now offensively. You see that this is your offensive game. You have to be smarter than that. You have to be better than that. You have to understand. There, I get nothing from hip checking PJ Tucker. PJ Tucker has zero points and like four rebounds. PJ Tucker just out there for cardio. Like, you have to be better than that. And then, of course, we'll get to the block, the Giannis block. 
Deanna's block on DeAndre Aiden, which I think is one of the greatest blocks I've ever seen. And it's not because of it was just a block. I mean, it's pretty much two seven-footers going up, meeting at the pinnacle, and Giannis blocking the, the, the uh, law alley-oop. I say it's one of the greatest blocks because of the timing. I believe, Damian Litter said it too on Twitter, I believe that was a series-saving block because at, at that point, the game was – the Bucks were up two. The they missed. Devin Booker comes, throws a lob, and he throws a lob. The the only place that I mean, he throw, like Devin Booker's not really used to throwing lobs, but he threw it at the only place that De- DeAndre Aiden can catch it. Giannis, Giannis before the as the ball was thrown, Giannis was all right. So Giannis, here you go. Devin Booker is on my right. Giannis is looking solely at Devin Booker. Throw the lob. Giannis then turns his head, sees that, okay, this is not a shot. This is a lob. Turns his head to DeAndre Aiden. That's behind him. He has to then turn his whole body around, jump up, track the ball, and block it within a split second. And... He blocked the shot clean too. Like it wasn't, you know, it was like, oh, there was a little bit of arm. It was a little bit of red. No, it was a clean block. And I think like that was that, that to me sealed the game. At this point, the crowd's going crazy. Giannis is, you know, snarling at the crowd. You know, it's, it was a, it was a, now, I will say this. Cause the question today and the question yesterday and the question that we're hearing since the block is, is it the greatest block ever? I will say it's a better block than LeBron James game seven block, but it's not as heavy as LeBron James game seven block because the LeBron James block was a game seven and LeBron James block in game seven was a direct correlation to them winning the entire series. Now, Again, we don't know what's going to happen until the series is over, but this was game four. Now, I think it was a better block because LeBron James, of course, tracked down. It was and Andre Gudala laid a ball him instead of trying to dunk it, and LeBron tracked it. Great block. Great block. And it was game seven. I think what Giannis did was a better block. Like, it was, to me, more challenging. It was a lob. At, it was a, lob, a high lob. Of course, you're looking at Devin Booker. You turn, have to then track DeAndre Aiden, then track the ball, then meet at the, at the pinnacle. It was a tougher block, but I don't think it was a heavy as far as – it didn't – It didn't. why I don't think it was better than LeBron's or more important than LeBron's because LeBron's was in game seven, and this was game four. So – but it was to me an all-time block, one of the one of the best, all most important blocks. Because like I said, that was a momentum ceiling. Because at this point, the momentum was kind of swinging. You know, it's two point game. The momentum, the the momentum, pretty much the entire game was with the Suns. But at this point, it's seesawing, and if he makes that, the 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 Suns bench go crazy. It's a tie game. You know, blah blah blah. At that point, once you block it, the whole crowd goes, you know, the arena goes crazy, and you still have a two-point lead. So, you know, it was a good block. It was a good block. It was a good block. And, you know, moving forward, man, 
It's an even series at this point. I mean, clearly with the two two, but it, it it it's an even series. But it kind of feels like the Bucks have the momentum right now. Now, of course, that's easy to be said, seeing as though they just lo- they just won both games or two games in a row. But it just feels like they have the momentum. Now, of course, we need to see what happens game five, as or we need to see if the Bucks can can sustain that momentum away from uh, the home court, but. It just they they have the momentum right now, and you know it's a, that's a dangerous thing to have when, of course, you have to me the best player in the series is Giannis, and you have arguably one of the best offensive players in the series, and Chris Middleton when he's on fire as we've seen, so you know, well, and and not to mention Chris Paul hasn't played well since what game two, and Devin Booker played played garbage game three, but he had probably one of the best playoff games he's had in game four. So it's like, can that, can he sustain that? Even though, I mean, it's, it's going to be hard asking somebody to sustain a 42 point game, but he's going to have to continue to be aggressive and continue to make shots. Or this is going to be, a, <laughs> this, this series is over if he doesn't. So, you know, we'll just, we'll just have to see. Uh, but moving forward. So the biggest news that just dropped uh, or dropped yesterday was Damian Lillard requesting was more than reports are saying that he's going to request a trade in the next coming days. This is seismic. This is seismic because he is a superstar. You know what I mean? Uh, he's probably the second best shooter in the league. When the superstar, when the superstars request a trade, it's different from a star. When a star requests a trade, I mean, it's a star. You know. It's big, but it, when a superstar requests a trade, this this changes everything. A little later, I'm going to talk about uh, Kawhi Leonard, but man, this affects Portland. It affects the Western Conference. It affects whoever Dame goes to. It even affects the East. First and foremost, Damian Lillard off the off Portland. Look at look at um look at look at the Pelicans. You can say. You know, since what's his name? Since um, Anthony Davis requested a trade, the Pelicans have been good. I mean, you have Lonzo Ball, you have Zion, uh, those draft picks. But the Pel- nobody thinks the Pelicans are championship caliber is a championship caliber team. And as you see, da- uh, Anthony Davis goes to the Lakers and wins a championship. This is big, bro. I don't, I, I don't know where he'll go. I don't know, you know. People are saying the Lakers, Golden State has talks. I don't know how that'll work. That'd be crazy. Gold, him, Damian Lillard, Clay Thompson, and Steph Curry. That'd be crazy. Like, this just big, man. I, I feel bad. I feel bad for a couple people. I feel bad for Chauncey, man. You know, we were just, when, when Chauncey got the job, I was like, you know, it's a good job. You have Damian Lillard. You have, it's kind of like David Cully, the, the coach now for the Houston Texans. It's like, now that you have now that you have the job, it's like, all right, cool, let's get it, you know, boom, boom, boom. But mm, <laughs> you know, the job without uh your star player in Deshaun Watson is kind of tough. Now, you know, Chauncey Billis, who I think is gonna be a fantastic coach. Now you don't have your best player or one of the best players in the NBA, Damian Lillard. A lot of people question if Damian Lillard is the best point guard in the league. So 
This is going to be big, man. And where he goes is going to be big. Imagine Damian Lillard going to the Lakers. Imagine Damian Lillard going to the Celtics. Imagine Damian Lillard going to anywhere. You know, again, a superstar is so, so like a superstar can go anywhere. I'm not saying they can win anywhere, but they can go anywhere and make it a, a, a immediate presence. And you know, of course, I, I, I'll wait until he officially requests a trade. But I think True Hoops is the one that reported this. Um, but and and also and honestly, man, I'm not surprised, nor am I. Do I think Damian Lillard is doing it wrong? Of course, I'm always championing a player doing what they want to do uh, and doing what makes them feel better. But this goes back. We talked about this time and time again, man. The 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 Trailblazers have, have had that opportunity to help Dame. They've had the opportunity to get players for Dame, to get help for Dame. To, I mean, it's to, and I told you this. I said this last episode or last time we talked about it. The last thing the team, the last thing that, Portland wanted to do is happening, and that is Damian Lillard playing with stars. Damian Lillard playing next to stars in Team USA. You're when you're again. It goes back to my analogy with the whole um. You know when you're when you're in first when you're flying a plane, you're you're so used to economy. When you get that taste of first class, it's kind of hard to go back to economy, and that's what we're seeing for Damian Lillard. Damian Lillard goes from playing with C.J. McCollum, uh, Robert Covington, Enos Cantor. Alfred, uh, Anthony Simon, um, you know, uh, Miles, no, what's his name? Uh, Zach Collins. You go from that, and don't get me wrong, those are, those are ex, you know, good players. They're in the NBA. But you go from that to playing with KD, playing with Bradley Bill, playing with Jeremy Grant, playing with Zach Levine, playing with uh, Draymond Green, playing with Bam Adebayo, playing with, Devin Booker playing with Drew Holiday, playing with Chris Middleton, playing with Kevin Love. Like, those are drastic differences. And it's kind of hard, especially when you've lost in the first round four out of the four of the last five years. And the one year you go to the Eastern Conference or Western Conference Finals, you get blown out the water by uh, Golden State. A Golden State, by the way, that didn't have Kevin Durant in most of those games. Actually, I don't think they had Kevin Durant at all because he was injured. So it's like, Oh man, it's uh, I don't I don't blame Dame, and he, you know this is a player empowerment league, man, and this is a player empowerment era. Go do what's best for you, you know. If if, if it's best for you going to play for the Lakers, going to play for Portland, I mean not Portland, go to play for New York, going to play for I don't know Golden State, like do what's best for you. the the whole The whole thing that the whole loyalty thing kind of kind of irritates me. I'm not saying everyone should just go form a super team, but to the idea that you have to be loyal to a team to me makes no sense because a team is not loyal to you. A team is only loyal to you when you're winning. And honestly, they're not loyal to you. They're loyal to winning. A team will trade you. Again, Steph, if Brooklyn called today and said, we'll give you KD, uh, James Harden, and Kyrie. All you got to do is give us Steph Curry. Steph Curry is gone. If the Lakers, if Golden State calls the Lakers, say we'll give you Steph and Clay, just give us LeBron. LeBron's gone. I know the whole trade, no trade clause. Just, 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 just follow me. So what I'm saying is the whole, the whole thing of a player needs to be, uh, you know, a player should be loyal to me is bull because a, a, a team's not loyal. A team will trade you in the in a heartbeat. 
So, you know, good good for Dame. Uh, it sucks. It sucks for for Chauncey Billups. You go from having one of the best uh, players in the league to now going to rebuild quick. Like this, this is another thing that happens when a, a superstar a superstar usually requests a trade is your team automatically goes to rebuild mode. Like, cause it's a superstar. You, you can get all the stars in the world, but a superstar is different. Like in Nikola Jokic demanded a trade from Denver, Denver, sh- I mean, Denver has good players, but they don't have a Nikola Jokic. If, I mean, the Wizards are already on the fringe, you know, they're, they're, they're not the best, but if Bradley Bill requests a trade, it's over. If Jason Tatum requested a trade, it's, <laughs> Uh, if Steph Curry requested a, requested a trade from uh, Golden State, it's over. So you know this is seismic. This is seismic. I and I'm not. I'm not. Damian Lillard is doing what's best for him, and I respect that, and I champion that. Do what's best for you, bro. Do what's best for you. It's that's that's what you got to do. Because again, a team is always going to do what's best for them. It sucks for Chauncey Billups, you know, the new head coach. Um, it sucks for the organization, but again, the organization had all the opportunity in the world to get Dame help. They had free aid. Hell, they could have got Melo when he was younger, and 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 more in his prime. They could, they they could have made a bigger swing at at KD. They could have made a bigger swing at Paul George. They could have made a bigger swing at uh, Kawhi Leonard. They could have made a bigger swing at James Harden. They could have made so many bigger swings that they didn't. They just stayed pat because we have Dame. And that's what they always did. They did that with Clyde Drexler. They did that with uh, Brandon Roy. They did that with LaMarcus Aldridge. They did that. They always do that. That's the same thing that uh, uh, Green Bay does. Oh, we have we have uh, Aaron Rodgers. We're going to just stay, but we're, he's going to take us to the promised land. Damian Lillard had 55 and got bounced. That's, they lost that game. So, hey, man, do what's best for you, Dame. I respect it. I would love to see where he's gonna go. I kind of, I'm praying that it's not the Lakers, but if it is, that's what's best for you. Hey, do your thing, do your thing. So, hey, well, you know, Damian Lillard requests a trade. We'll see how it goes. So, yeah. So Bradley Bill um, is out of the Olympics because he entered uh, health and safety protocol, which is pretty much means COVID. Now, Bam Adebayo came out and said, you know, Bradley Bill is feeling healthy. Um, he doesn't have COVID. Uh, I guess he came into contact with somebody. I don't know. I know they're in Vegas right now uh, with the exhibitions. They canceled their exhibition that was on Thursday or Friday. That was on Friday yesterday um, because, like I said, the, the the COVID and stuff. And they're just exhibitions. They don't. They they really don't hold weight. Um, but. <sighs> It's a, it sucks for Bradley Bill. I hope for if he does have COVID, um, I hope for a, a speedy recovery. I hope that he's able to bounce back and, and and get back. If he if he doesn't, I hope that you know he's able to again bounce back, get back, uh, and just get healthy. Now they've already they're they're going to replace him. Bradley Bill is not going to be part of uh, Team USA. And there's a couple you know there's a couple names that they should consider. I mean. Now, names like Trey Young has been pulled out there. Ja Morant, um, you know, uh, uh, Donovan Mitchell. Like, those names have been pulled out. However, 
you also hear names like Christian Wood or, um, you know, P- what, what Team USA needs is a big. <laughs> now, it's, it's, it's kind of difficult because most of the best bigs in the league can't play for Team USA. Like, Nikola Jokic can't play for Team USA. Uh, Joel Embiid, I don't believe, can play for Team USA because he's not from USA. Um, Bam Adebayo, of course, is playing, but they need a, a big. They need a solid big. Um, like I said, you're hearing Christian Wood could replace uh could replace him. Um, I would look at I mean, of course I I know it's a, a big difference from having of course uh a big sweeping difference from having Bradley Bill who is second in the league in scoring, but Team USA doesn't need more scoring. Now, I will say this. This this not having Bradley Bill does hurt Team USA. Again, he's the second leading scorer in the league. He is their he was their shooting guard or small forward, however you wanted to put the lineups, and he's a scorer. Now I understand you have Dame, you have Zach, you have uh, KD, but he's a he's a, he's a scorer. And Team USA again, Bradley Bill could ha- he's a, he's a longer body as well. He can he can defend a little. <laughs> I'm not saying he's Tony Allen, but he can defend a little. And, you know, they, 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 he's, he's the second leading scorer in the league. Like, he finishes, like, you know. Um, but again, they need to consider, I think they need to consider a big, uh, maybe see, I don't know if, I don't know. Again, they're talking about Christian Wood. Uh, and I'm just throwing names out there. I'm not saying that these names. Now, I, the only reason why now, of course, I know Trey Young is better than you know Christian Wood or whatever. I know uh, John Morant, uh, Donovan Mitchell. Um, I'm hearing Duncan Robinson. Like, <laughs> I understand that these people are are good offensively, but again, you don't need more offense. You have Damian Lillard, you have Zach Levine, you have uh, Bradley. No, you have uh, KD. Like, you don't need more offense. You have Jeremy Grant. Like. You don't really need more offense. You need a big that can rebound and defend. So, uh, but then again, you do need a defend a, a perimeter defender as well because they don't have that. So now, I have heard, and of course, report came out that saying that Jeremy Grant is also in the health and safety protocol. So I don't know what that means. I, I don't know. I've heard that Team USA like it's it's been reported, breaking news on ESPN that Team USA. Uh, is going to replace Bradley Bill. I haven't heard anything about Jeremy Grant, so I'm guessing that Jeremy Grant is going to remain there um, and going to play for Team USA as well. So I I don't know how, what's going to happen with that. I hope he's healthy as well. But, you know, um, I just think I, – I don't know, man. It's, it just – it, it – they they need a big. They need a big, and if they don't, they need a big, and they need to. Def- no, I'll say this: they do need a big, but in in replacement of Bradley Bill, I think you need to go with a defense, uh, a defensive, a, a defensive guard, because like I said, you saw Patty Mills gave them the work. Nigeria's guards gave them the work, uh, and I, I just think. I mean, I'm trying to think who who would be a good uh, a good quality 
guard that can defend um, for Team USA. It's definitely not Trey Young. It's not John Morant. It's not Russell Westbrook. Ugh, maybe Donovan Mitchell. I don't know if he's declined already. I think he did decline. Uh, I don't. I don't know, man. Maybe Mike Conley. He came off an injury. I don't know. It's tough. It's tough. They either gonna go with. I think they should either go with a, a defending guard. I think they need a defending guard more than a big, but go with a big as well because you have Bam and you have uh, Jeremy Grant. And you have. Uh, Draymond Green so you have at least two of the three players can play solid defense um, but they do not have a guard that could defend so I think they should go with a defending guard more than anything but um, again I hope for a speedy recovery from Bradley Bill and I hope Jeremy Grant's alright as well uh, and another thing that came out of uh, Team US or the Olympic camp was um, Liz Cambage so Liz Cambage uh a rep- the report came out, or no, she pretty much announced that she won't be playing for uh, Australia in the Olympics because what the Olympics, COVID is running crazy in China right now, in Tokyo. And China, is Tokyo in China? Damn, I feel, I'm sorry. My, in Tokyo right now. And um, what what they're going to do is they're going to pretty much do a bubble style, kind of like what the NBA did and the NHL did, you know, they're going to do a bubble uh, for, I don't think they're going to have fans. I don't think they're going to have a crowd because like I said, COVID is running rampant right now in Tokyo. And she pretty, she, she, she's saying that due to mental health, um, she doesn't want, she doesn't want to put herself through that mental hurdle that she has to go. And it's not, Here's the thing, bro. Um, oh, man. Now, I see a lot of people praising her for, you know, her decision. I see a lot of people killing her for her decision, saying you make all this money. Uh, you're a professional athlete. You should go, you know, they don't pay you to to have mental problems. I hear, I see a lot of people saying that, first of all. Um, now, again, I see also a lot of people championing her and and praising her and, 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 and definitely rightfully so. And I'm going to be on that camp right now. The difference between athletes and, I guess, regular people, quote unquote, is they are supremely talented at their craft. And they make a lot of money at doing their craft. What doesn't get talked about is these are still people. I talk about this a lot on this podcast, but these are still people. And these are people that, yeah, these are people that can't do a lot of stuff in the spotlight. Like Liz Cambage is hard to blend in. She's like, what, six, six, eight, six, nine? Like, she's not just blending in. Brittany Griner's not just blending in. LeBron James is not just blending in. KD is not just blending in. So when you have the spotlight always on you, um, it's 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 kind of hard to maneuver. That's why I always say I want to you know I want money and stuff, but I don't want to be famous. I don't want to I don't want my every move to be clocked by paparazzi. Or something and it's kind of hard when again now of co- shouts out to all the you know all the athletes. A lot of them were doing it with grace. Um, but 
you can't get mad and you can't say that Liz Cambage is tripping because she's she's noting mental health as the reason why she doesn't want to play. Do you know how hard it is when you're used to something to just completely change it? Hell, that people were killing him, but that's what Brad, that's what uh, Paul George was talking about when they were in the bubble for the NBA. You're used to seeing your family. You're used to being able to have the freedom to go out. That's why a lot of people went crazy during this quarantine thing. Because you're, you're so used to doing a lot of things, and that's the way of people, and there's nothing wrong with that. But that's the, you know, you don't want to be, you don't want, they're going to be away for a couple months, I believe, or a couple weeks. I don't, I don't, like, they don't want to be away from their families. They don't want to, especially after having to quarantine. Not to mention, you're away from your family. You're pretty much alone with your team. You're not going to have any fan interaction. You're not going to have any crowd interactions. And on top of that, you have to play the best brand of basketball you're playing to try to get your uh, country a World Cup. And you have to worry about not getting COVID. Now, people saying these are top world athletes. A lot of them are, are vaccinated. Yeah, bro, people that are vaccinated are getting COVID too. And people are dying from COVID. I think over over 600,000 people in the United States alone have died from COVID. So you have to worry about not getting COVID. You have to worry about playing your best uh, or your team's out of there. <laughs> and on top of that, you get no interaction with your family. You get no interaction with your loved ones. You get no interaction with your friends outside of FaceTime. For a couple months, I believe. Or a couple weeks, weeks or months. I don't. But it's it's an extended period of time. That's that's tough on anyone. So I understand why Bradley. Well, not Bradley, but I understand why Paul George says, "Yo, I had to see counseling. This really messed up my mental health." I understand why Liz Cambage is saying because of mental health, she doesn't want to put herself through that. I understand that completely, and I I I champion anyone making that decision. I'm not saying, you know, and, and I also champion people that are going to go and play like that one to go. I, I, I respect this. Is what I think I love I mean, free will is free will, bro. You do what you want. You do what's best for you. That's what a lot of people forget. And a lot of people just because they're athletes, they think that athletes are supposed to do what's best for the fan. My G, they don't know you. They don't know me. They just know them like. They need to do what's best for you. You're always going to do what's best for you. So you should, ex you, you can't, it's, it's, it's irrational to expect an athlete to then, or an athlete that doesn't know you to do what's best for you, not for them. That doesn't make sense. That's irrational. That's an irrational mindset. So shouts out to Liz Cambage for making the decision, man. She's one of the best WNBA players in the league right now. And shouts out for her for making that decision. Hey, I, I wish I wish most many I wish a lot of people would. The, 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 another thing, and I talked about this before, but another thing is a lot of people put money over mental health and wonder why their mental health is so jacked up because they they focus so much on chasing the bag or chasing the money. And I I, I get that mindset. Trust me, when you're growing, hell, I grew up having damn near nothing. We struggled as a family. So I understand that mindset of now that I'm a little older, I, I don't want to go back there. You know, I want to chase the money. I get that. But 
I also have have grown to understand and grown to believe and and I believe that yes, money is is cool, money's good, but it's not as important as mental health. Hell, that's what uh, Naomi Osaka is going through right now. And I respect her for it. She's putting her mental health over money. Now, yes, she's made an absorbent amount of money. Good for her. But she's putting her mental health above that. Liz Cambage is putting her mental health above the Olympics. And she she's a star in not only just the WNBA. She's a star in uh, Australia as well. And she's putting her mental health above that. Paul George saying he had to go seek counseling and get his mental health right after the bubble. I respect that. I respect anyone that goes to counseling, man. Like, mental health is important. I'm, I know I kind of went on a tangent. I, I know. About to, we're gonna, I'm going to ring it back in. But shouts out to the Liz Cambage for making a decision not to go uh, for her mental health. You know, I, I definitely champion that in. And, you know. Just because she doesn't go doesn't mean that she's not still Liz Cambage. She's not still a great WNBA player. Like, and again, back to Bradley Bill. I hope Bradley Bill gets healthy. Um, I hope uh, Jeremy Grant gets healthy. And um, if Jeremy Grant continues to, or will continue to play, you know, I hope he. I hope him nothing but the best for Team USA. And whoever replaced Bradley Bill for Team USA, you know, I I'll be here. I'll be watching. So. Move forward. So Kawhi Leonard, Kawhi Leonard has successful ACL surgery. And I say it like that because all we were hearing is, oh, it's a sprained knee. It's a sprained knee. I knew it wasn't a sprained knee because, hell, first, Skip Bayless said he had sources saying that it was an ACL thing. And this injury kind of felt like the end of the Golden State um, Kevin Durant era. As far as Kevin Durant had the whole uh, heel thing, and they're saying, "Oh no, it's just a strain, it's whatever." And then Kevin Durant plays and ruptures Achilles. Now, luckily, that didn't happen to Kawhi Leonard, but Kawhi Leonard, I guess, seeked outside. Ten- I don't know. I don't know. It, it wasn't a sprain. It was clearly a, a, a slight ACL tear or whatever, and he had surgery. Meaning. I don't know if he's gonna be. Okay. I don't know if he's gonna be good for the um, the start of the season next year. And this this is huge for not only the Clippers but for the Western Conference. This is one of the best at his best. This is arguably a top five player in the league. Not going to start the season for a team that just made it to the Western Conference Finals. Now, this also affects his free agency. Cause it's like, are you gonna are you gonna offer Kawhi Leonard the max when you when the last few years he hasn't been like he he hasn't been completely healthy, especially for a team in the Clippers that you can look and say, hey, well we have Paul George, we have Reggie Jackson, we have play well they're gonna have to resign Reggie Jackson, but they have players and we can move forward and we can go attract other players. Like this is this is this is a big injury and, and it's not just. Because of who is from, who is on, as in Kawhi Leonard, but it's for like this is going to change the landscape now. And then it also is like this: this could potentially. Now I'm not. This is no offense to to what's his name, Paul George, but this could potentially take a whole team out of playoff. No, out of champion. 
With Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, they're a, they're a title contender. Without without um, Kawhi Leonard, they could they're a playoff team. They can be a playoff team, but they're not a title contender. Meaning that can that can you know go. Jamal Murray's going to be back next year. Klay Thompson's going to be back next year. And we're going to see what Golden State does with the two lottery picks and maybe a couple pieces. Like, this is this is huge. And, of course, you're you're dealing with an owner in Steve Ballmer who wants to win now, which is rightfully so. I mean, they just got a new build. Like, they're, they're trying to get a new arena. Like, they're not trying to just be the middle of the pack. They're not trying to be in the Lakers' shadow as they've always been. Like, they're trying to win. And it's like, are you going to invest your money and get and give, you know, Kawhi Leonard a max or a super max? And the team, and I'm not saying that the team is going to be better with him an entire season. No. But I can understand the thinking when someone say, well, the team, I mean, we did good without him. And then what is the Kawhi? I mean, this is an ACL s- surgery. Like, how is, how is Kawhi Leonard going to look coming back? You know? Like, these are all questions that that need to be answered for the Clippers. And this could potentially change the way that we look at not only the Clippers, but the Western Conference. I'm not saying that the East will just be drastically better than the West. No, but, you know, there were, the, the joke, there was a joke. The joke was, I mean, well, it wasn't even a joke. A conversation was. Uh, do you, you know, can Paul George and Kawhi Leonard win together? Does It's kind of like the same conversation they have with Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. It's like, yeah, they're two good players, but as we've seen, they haven't won together, the, the you know. And it's like, do, you know, should we separate them? And, of course, it was always, oh, no, Paul George, you know, trade Paul George, trade Paul George, trade Paul George. Now it's like, okay, well, Paul George got us to the Western Conference Finals. Do we really need Kawhi Leonard? And is Kawhi Leonard the person that gets you over the top? No, this is not me saying it, because I still think when healthy, Kawhi Leonard is a top five, top ten player in the league. But it's like, this is yet another year where you didn't play most of Well, you played more of the season this year, but you got hurt in the most important time. Hell, last year, of course, we know about having with the bubble, but he got he missed most of the season before the bubble because of injury so or because of load management i guess so i don't know man this this can definitely change change the landscape of a lot of things uh and of course we have to wait and see wait and see what happens so moving forward shouts out to uh team no, okay so the WNBA All-Star game was last week and shouts out to the team WNBA, I guess, for beating Team USA. Now, first and foremost, <laughs> this should not happen. They beat Team USA, what, 93 to 85. That should not happen. This is no offense to Team uh, team WNBA or the, the, team, the WNBA All-Stars, but they should not be beating Team USA. Team USA has Sue Bird, uh, Tina Charles, uh, Skylar Diggins-Smith, uh, Brittany Griner, Brianna Stewart, uh, Ariel Atkins, um, Jewel Lloyd. Like, they have the top of the top that's playing. Now, I understand uh, Jaquel Jones is on the team, and she's like a front-runner MVP, uh, but that, that's because she's not uh, she's not from the United States. 
Um, Elena Deladon, who is one of the best NBA players, she hasn't played this year due to injury. You understand. But the WNBA All-Stars should not beat Team USA. Now, again, it was a fun game. You know, they didn't really call out of fouls. A lot of people, you know, a lot of people were shooting. Shouts out to Arike Agubawale. I, if, I, if, I, if I butchered your name, I apologize dearly. I really do. I'm looking at the uh, enunciation jump, so I'm not the smartest crayon in the box. So, shouts out to Arike Agubawale uh, for winning the All-Star Game MVP. I think she had like 26 points. Like, she was going crazy. She was going crazy. Um, and it was a fun game. It was a fun game. The three-point contest was extremely fun. Uh, shouts out to – I forgot her name, bro. But shouts out to – she won. She's three won three times in a row. She's like the Clayton. She was letting that joke go, too. Um, but, yeah, man, Team USA should not – now, it's it's better to lose to the, to the WNBA All-Stars than it is to lose in Tokyo. But they shouldn't be losing. Like, this is the best of the best. Like, Tina Charles is averaging the most points ever in a season. Brianna Stewart is arguably one of the greatest – W or greatest basketball players ever, um, you know, <laughs> Brittany Griner is 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 incredible. Sue Bird, one of the best uh, guards to, or basketball players to ever play. Like you shouldn't lose. You shouldn't. But but shouts out to again Arike. Shouts out to Dewana Bonner. Shouts out to Jaquel Jones. Shouts out to Candace Parker for also being the first woman on the cover of uh, 2K. Shouts out to Candace Parker. One of the goats, well-deserved, well-deserved, well-deserved. Shouts out to her. And shouts out to all the people uh, that were in. that. Shouts out to the WNBA. Again, the WNBA put on a really good. Now, I was a little nervous because <laughs> I was like, hold on. This is the WNBA. I was a little nervous, but now thinking about it in hindsight, it was genius. WNBA All-Star Game was before game four of the NBA playoffs. So I'm like, I don't know. You're not going to get a lot of uh, viewers because it's before game four of the NBA finals. And, of course, as we know, more people are going to watch NBA finals than watch uh, a WNBA All-Star game. However, it was genius to make it on the same day and they were pretty much both, you know, the the NBA and WNBA were pretty much cross-promoting People were watching the W as soon as, as soon <laughs> as soon as the WNBA uh, All Star Game went off. Fans just went to the NBA, and the NBA Finals started a little later. Like they started around nine fifteen, nine twenty, because of the WNBA. And it was genius, man. But shouts out to the WNBA all-star game it was it was fun it was good the women were balling the women were hooping Liz Cambage didn't play even though she was a WNBA all-star I think they're saying that she had like she had an injury or she tweaked her hip or whatever or had an injury or whatever in 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 practice so she didn't play but you know it was fun watching her interact with the players and of course eating the popcorn um like I said John Quell Jones was incredible in the game. She also was incredible for the three-point contest. She came in second. Uh, Arike Agumbawale, 
she won the MVP. You know, it was it was fun. Again, Team USA shouldn't be losing to because these Team USA are the best WNBA players. So the fact that the best WNBA players are losing to pretty much while the WN you know the All Stars are still you know top top of the top, but Team USA is top of the top of the top. So, but it was a fun game, and I did like that format. Now, of course, that format is not going to always happen. Like this is a special year because you have Team USA. Um, this is the Olympic year, so it, it makes sense that you're going to have Team USA against the All Stars. Um, but it was fun. It was fun, and it was it was good to watch. And and shouts out shouts out to everyone that that participated, man. It was it was fun. It was fun. So moving forward, um, another another all. I guess this is All Star season. Another shouts out to the to the MLB All Star game. Uh, that happened this week as well, and the AL. All stars beat the the American League All Stars beat the National League All Stars for the ninth straight time. By the way, uh, five to two. And you know, I was watching it. Now I was watching the home run derby first, and of course, it's on separate days. But I was just thinking, yo, these players are are supremely talented. Like you have. Uh, Trey from Baltimore, he was hitting Joan out the park, and he shouts out to him. He's probably gonna win uh, AL Comeback Player of the Year. Uh, but they were hitting, you know, Pete Alonzo, you know, with the home winning his second straight home run derby. Uh, it, it, I was just watching, like, yo, these players are supremely talented. And then you watch the All Star game, and I was just thinking, like, yo. The league is changing. Now, I believe the 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 MLB has to do has to continue, well. They have to do a better job at marketing their players. That the the MLB has to do a better job on a lot of things. But to me, number one is marketing their players. There should be no reason. There should be no reason why you have. For people, forget Mike Trout is still playing. And for people that don't know, Mike Trout is one of the greatest, if not the greatest, baseball player to ever play. And he's still playing today. But I was looking at the All-Star game. And shouts out to Vladimir Guerrero Jr. for winning the um, MVP. He started off with like a huge homer. I'm like, damn. But the, the MLB, all I could think about watching the MLB All-Star game is, yo, the league really has to do, they have to get with the times and get better at this promotion thing. Because if you look, moving forward, they have some young, young, young stars. And it's like, this is the time, bro. This is the time where you have to get with the times and you have to promote. I mean, they're already they're, they still fight about the whole black back uh, bat flip thing. They fight with the showboating, even though you just hit a five hundred and thirty foot bomb. It's like you don't showboat in this game, like nigga. Hold on, chill out. But this is the time. If they do not change, if they do not get better at this right now, it's never gonna happen. And I say that because this is the easiest time to do it. Look at this. 
Vladimir Guerrero Smith or Vladimir Guerrero Jr. I'm sorry, who just won the All Star Game MVP. He's 22 years old. Fernando Tatis Jr., who's arguably one of the most electrifying players in the MLB, he's 22 years old. Shohei Otani, who is is leaps and bounds better than Babe Ruth. He's 27. Juan Soto, the young, promising player from the Washington Nationals, who also, I keep hitting this mic, who also has a World Series ring and was a pivotal contributor to the World Series, is 22. Pete Alonzo, who just won his back-to-back home run derby, is 26. Ronald Acura Jr. is 23. These aren't even all the young stars that they have. Now, of course, shouts out to, you know, Clayton Kershaw's and the Matt Scherzer's and uh, Mookie Betts. You know, those are good players to promote as well. But the game is changing. You know the thing about all the players I just said, like I said, Vladimir Guerrero, Fernando Tatis, um, Juan Soto, Otani, uh, Pete, Pete Alonzo. Like, these are big personalities in a sport that doesn't champion personality. So it's either you're going to get with the times or you're going. It's kind of like basketball, bro. Basketball is changing. Look at Imani Bates. Imani Bates, the league is about to look like a lot of Imani Bates or Ch- or Chet that plays for Team USA. Like the the the, t- the game is changing, and the, the difference between NBA and M- MLB is the NBA know how to promote or promote their players better. And if the MLB does not, this it's not even just get with the times, bro. This is now. It's exciting. They're doing a better job. Like I said, it's exciting when you see, you know, night after night, you're seeing home run, like a whole bunch of home 15, 16 runs, or you're seeing, I don't know how many no hitters we've seen, like it's, or shutouts we've seen. Like it's, it's getting, you know, it's getting exciting. Of course, the all, you know, we talked about last episode, the home run derby and the all-star game was incredible. Don't get me wrong. Like it was, it was fun to watch the all-star game. But it, again, all I could think of is, yo, I hope that the MLB does not miss this opportunity because they have players that's 22, 27, 26, 22, 23, 24, 25 that are stars. That if you champion them, and, and and I'm not saying that. No, I am saying that. If you wrap your arms around them and champion them and promote them better, then you're you're gonna get the outcome that you're looking for, which is young a younger demographic. Because quite as kept, old people, not old people, older people are the only ones that really older people are like or Best or baseball diehards are the only ones that watch the games, really. Now, people go to games, but it's the experience at that point. You know, going to the ballpark, 
getting a, a getting a glizzy like it's the experience but nobody's really going there to really see oh shoot i, I want to see you know seattle mariners in the in the nationals play like it's just going for the experience only like true diehard fans and 106.7 the fan are the only people that really genuinely love to sit through a 1-0 game and all, all you have to hear about is tradition all the time like no bro champion your players and this is the time you have the personalities you have Fernando Tatis you have Otani who is not even a American like like you have you have the the, the personalities you have Juan Soto you have Pete Alonso and your the all-star MVP was Vladimir Guerrero Jr. And I think he became the third player to ever third father-son, you know, Vlad, Vladimir Guerrero and Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Both of them won the all-star MVP. That became, I think, the third father-son uh, duo to do that. So it's just champion your players, man. And this is the best, this is the perfect time. You have the players. Hell. Vlad, Fernando Tatis is one of the best players today, and he's going to—he's probably going to break records that we haven't seen since the '30s. Sohi Otani is better than Babe Ruth, and we know how much people glorify Babe Ruth, and rightfully so. But it's like—it's time, man. It's time to champion these players. It's time. It's time. MLB to start promoting your players a lot more because you're not I don't think you're ever going to get a, a a Mike Trout again but it's a it's it's a damn shame and it's a it's criminal how how much people do not know people do not know about Mike Trout and he's playing today and it's criminal how bad that the MLB promotes Mike Trout and promotes their players again Mike Trout is one of the greatest MLB players to ever play. Yet and still, he can be walking down the street and nobody would know who he is. I'm not going to say nobody, but most people wouldn't know who he is. And that is, that's criminal. They could do better MLB. But they did put on a pretty good, uh, like, I, like, like, like I said last episode, they did put on a pretty good uh, all-star, I guess, event, you know, from the home run derby, the celebrity game. And the uh, the All Star game was pretty good, so hopefully they're in the right direction. Moving forward, and lastly, um, shouts out to ESPN. ESPN's getting killed this last been getting killed for a minute, but shouts out to ESPN. I watched the. Uh, I wanted to end my show today. I watched. I think it was Breakaway, the documentary about Maya Moore um, giving up her playing career uh, to really focus on the criminal justice and trying to get the freedom of Jonathan Irons, who is now her husband, trying to get him out. Um, Shouts out to Maya Moore, bro. You know, a lot of people, people don't, people don't remember how seismic it was when the report came out that Maya Moore, I think it was in 2018, 
when she came out and said that she's stepping away from basketball. Like, that was seismic. And a lot of people want to put greatest women's or greatest, you know, men's because they don't want to broaden the scope. But I'm going to broaden the scope. Maya Moore is is one of the greatest basketball players to ever put on a pair of shoes. She's one of the most accomplished basketball players to ever put on a pair of shoes. And the fact that she gave that all the way for criminal justice reform, pretty much, is nothing but honorable, bro. And I was just watching, like, I was watching that um documentary, the 30 for 30. And all I could think is, damn, we're never going to get a mile more. But I didn't feel robbed. I didn't feel cheated. I felt like, you know, Maya Moore gay. She came into this game. Gay. Now, she could still play. I mean, if she, I know that they, you know, I don't, I don't, she's not, she's still trying to do the reform thing, uh, which is commendable. She could still play. But I was also watching, like, yo, she ain't never playing again. She ain't never playing. Uh, now she could. I could be wrong, but I just, it's felt like she ain't never playing a, a, a NBA ever. I mean, WNBA ever again. Because she's focused on this, on this criminal. Like, and she's, she's knees deep in this junk. And, and respectfully and rightfully so. But I was just watching, like, yo, Maya Moore did something. Or is doing something that a lot of people talk about, but don't really champion, you know? And that's, a lot of people say, put your money where your mouth is. Like, people, you know, you, you know all them times where, uh, like, athletes or rappers or people with a lot of money be sending out um, GoFundMe for people that has like sick or need money and everyone was like, yo, why don't you give the money? I mean, you got it. And I was like, oh, you know, <laughs> like Maya Moore gave up her career for something bigger than basketball. And I commend her. And I also commend her because I don't know if I'd do that. Hell, I'm almost sure I wouldn't do that. And I'm not judging her. Like, I'm not saying she did the wrong thing. I'm, I'm just saying I wouldn't be as, I wouldn't do that. And she's better than me in that area. Like, <laughs> but I did want to give a shout out to Maya Moore uh, for just being a good person, bro. Being a good person and putting a putting a situation above her current situation no above her current life at the time cuz her life was basketball she said in the in the documentary joint like she's been playing basketball pretty much her whole life that was her escape like she was and she was down like hell she has two i think she has two un, two or three undefeated seasons in high school she won two um I think UConn championships. And I think she's a four-time WNBA champion or something like that. Multiple MVPs. Like she is and Team USA. I think she has like two or three gold medals. Like she is greatness. 
and she gave that all away or she hung that she put that aside for criminal justice to get my man's Jonathan Irons out. Shouts out to her, man. Shouts out to Maya Moore for being a good person. Shouts out to Maya Moore for doing what she wanted to do. It kind of goes back to Liz Cambage, man. Do what you want to do. Hell, that's what Kyrie's doing right now. Everyone's killing Kyrie for, you know, just being not going against the norm or not going with the norm. She did it. Maya Moore did it the extreme. Like, people's like, yo, you giving up your career for this? You can't do this while playing. Like, I remember said that. I said, well, you can't. They can't she can't tackle. Hold on. She can't tackle the criminal justice jump while playing. Okay. But shouts out to Maya Moore for doing what she wanted to do and not really listening to what everyone had to say. So shouts out to her. Shouts out to Jonathan Irons for getting out, bro. Congratulations to you. Congratulations to both of them for getting married. Um, just shouts out to Maya Moore. She is she's an example, and she's somebody that I believe a lot of people should know, and a lot of people should champion. When we talk about, and and, and honestly, she's one of those players. She's one of those people that will go down as one of the greatest basketball players ever. But I think that should also be heightened. That statement should be heightened because of what she did off the court and the fact that she gave up. Her basketball career, a basketball career, by the way, that was top of the top. Like she was entering Jordan and she was entering Jordan realms. And that's crazy to say, but she I'm almost sure she continued to like she was still in her prime. If she continued to go like without stopping, you would look at her and think that she was arguably, if not the greatest women's basketball player ever. And when we talk about basketball players in general, she you have to all the stuff she's accomplished and and how good she was. You have to put her in top 10 ever men and women. And the fact that she gave that up, like is crazy at the pinnacle, too. So when we talk about Maya Moore's one of the greatest players ever, to me, that statement gets heightened because of the fact that she gave all that up and could have been better. Or let me not say better. She could have continued her dominance, but she didn't because she saw something that was bigger than her career, bigger than herself. And, you know, now she's trying to get other people out. So shouts out, shouts out to her. Shouts out to my, you know, Jonathan Irons. And shouts out to, you know, all the people that... F- See the bigger picture. Because all this is just sports, man. But the people that you have, you know, see that they see they have a platform and use it for good. So or use it for something bigger than them for good. So But there you have it. That has been today's episode of the Unpopular Podcast. I appreciate you guys. Um there will be no episode on Wednesday. My birthday is next week, so I'm going out of town. I appreciate you guys. Uh, Let me say, there will be no, yeah, there will be no episode on Wednesday. There will be one on Saturday next week. I'm going to take, like I said, a week off because of my birthday. I'm going out of town. 
um i appreciate you guys please 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 subscribe please subscribe to the unpo- to the unpopular podcast uh youtube page is the one that has the there's two unpopular podcast pages both of them are or both of us i guess you can say are uh um clearly podcast mine is the jump that either deals with sports and it has the headphones and i'm like this is no shade to them shouts out to the other unpopular podcast channel on youtube but mine's a jump with the headphones black and orange or black and red whatever you see um if you want an unpopular podcast shirt, hoodie, sweat, sweater, joggers, long sleeve, link is in the description below. Multiple different colors, multiple different designs. I actually really like my designs or our designs and the colors. It, it, I think I think it hits, man. I to go get your merch today. But I appreciate you guys. Love you guys. See you guys next Saturday. And until then, much love. So how can I be anything I want to be? Talk about my name. It's gonna be a mislaughter or a homicide. If you fucking with me, oh, and I'm running It's gonna be a mislaughter or a homicide. If you fucking with me. Problems I can kill with just a text. Not many barbers put a razor to my neck. So many fathers razors, all this in the jacks. So when it come to ops, murder I expect. Pop smoke, gunshot, focused on one spot. White glove, dice game, book chamberlain on the block. The rain man, my stocks is one to watch. Carry a casket, a nigga carry some shots. Bumble clot, niggas in drop tops. I deserve the shine, labels turn to shrines. Still keeping it real, every word in line. Can I freeze the watch? You niggas burning. It's gonna be a mislaughter, Oh, I'm a side. RP to the real. If you fucking with me, oh, on a mind. It's gonna be a mislaughter, Oh, I'm a side. If you fucking with me, oh, one of mine. Four door hitters in the back, big body and it's in the black. Politicking, we ain't into that. Smoking ops to the clip end. 40 carries on my wrist, then. Me dragging to lift them. Me dragging to lift them. Four door hitters in the back, big body and it's in the black. Politicking, we ain't into that. Smoking ops to the clip end. 40 carries on my wrist, then. Me dragging to lift them. Me dreading this gonna be a mislaughter or a homicide. If you fucking with me, oh, one of mine. It's gonna be a mislaughter or a homicide. If you fucking with me, oh, one of mine. To my niggas, make sure your dance is paid. To my children, make sure your baby get made. To my girl, I'm missing you these days. 
Missing you these days To my niggas, make sure your dish is paid To my children, make sure your big get made To my girl, I'm missing you these days I'm missing you these days Funny how the worst shit happens to the best of them Oh na 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 Crazy how the best shit happened to the rest of them Oh na 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 Just want to be me. I just want to. Live.